Welcome to the Rock Christian Church podcast. Today's message is How Can God Deliver Us Out of Our Troubles by Pastor Terry Keane. How can God deliver, deliver us out of our troubles? How can he? Does he? Of course he does. And maybe you have some troubles this morning. Maybe you have some uncertainties in your life, some insecurities in your life. Maybe there are those things that are just really, really just weighing heavily upon you. And this morning, I just want you to be aware that God can deliver us out of our troubles. And there's an amazing way that we can see this deliverance and this transformation. And I was uh, quite um, touched by the fact that I was asked to be able to share this uh, this morning. Thank you, Pauline. It's usually cups of tea, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, wonderful. And uh, there is this amazing way that God can actually deliver us and set us free in this time when we're in trouble. And uh, so this morning we're just going to have a look at some verses that will be the introduction to what I want to share. And it will be basically from the Psalm 107. Now, those of you who go to your Bible and find 107, the psalm, just don't panic because it's a long psalm. And I'm going to try and cut down the five minute for each verse to about three minutes, and that'll make you feel a little bit better. Actually, the pastor's, senior pastor's not smiling, so it might not be funny at all. <laughs> However, welcome, senior pastor, and back to work tomorrow, Sean. Oh, that's right. I, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so Psalm 107 is a long psalm. There's no question about it, but I won't be doing it that way. I can, can assure you of that as well. But we're going to have a look. Just before we do that, go to, psalm, to uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. And in chapter 12 of uh, Romans, God is encouraging us through the writer, which is Paul, And he says, I urge you, therefore, this is chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present, what does it say? To present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so here we're encouraged to not to conform to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's a good place to be in when our mind is focused on Jesus and when it is focused on God and when we are praising God. And that's the whole theme of my message this morning is is what is the key to be able to help solve your problems and to solve some of your difficulties and your troubles. Can we just turn to uh, Philippians chapter 4 and reading verse 4 to verse 9. In chapter 4 of the Philippians... If you've got your devices, have quickly go to there. If you've got your Bibles, flick through to chapter 4 of Philippians and in verse 4. And there was a little bit of disharmony in the church at Philippi, but 
Paul goes on to say, he says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. I tell you what, I was almost transported up to heaven today. I just felt like it was pretty close. Um, and, but, you know, I'm still here and I'm still going to be rejoicing. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> Sometimes we laugh at that, my goodness me. The troubles that come our way, the things that happen, the things that concern us and disturb us. And uh, do not be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And I may have a different translation to what's up on the board here. But let, and with, the, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true and whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is... I hope that's not my phone. God was just getting in touch with me again, I think. No, that's okay. It's all right, whoever had that. I don't mean to embarrass you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. And the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace shall be with you. So there's the renewing of your mind. Also, there is the... the that the mind dwelling, and dwelling means that you actually take residence there, as it were, and you dwell on the things that are pure and good and holy and right for you. And that peace will come. I guarantee it. That peace will come. And then we go to James chapter 1. We will get to 107 in the Psalms, but James chapter 1 and reading verses 2 to 4. In verse 2, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter trials. Hello, was he having a, you know, was he doing something that I didn't know about? I mean, how can you say that when you're going through trials? There's a few of us going through trials, major trials. And yet the Bible tells us that we need to consider it all joy. <laughs> Are you being funny, God? You know? But when you encounter these various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, God has a purpose for you. It, there's a purpose in it. Even though the trial is enormous, it's overwhelming, it's consuming. And we wish we could just shrug it off, or we could escape it, or we could do something different. And in this, we can either choose to be bitter in that experience or we can actually make it better. It's just replacing the I. I've preached on this quite some time ago and you just replace the I in the bitter and you put the E, which represents the eternal God, and it makes it better. And I'm not just sort of making that up. This is exactly how it happens. Problems are inevitable, folks. Problems are unpredictable. We don't know when they're going to happen. Problems are variable. They come in times and they come in shapes and sizes and problems are purposeful because they can, in that pressure, produce 
something exciting and wonderful in your life. When I was, um, what, what day was it? Uh, when did we have our in-service course? Tuesday. Okay. So we, I, we had a, a chappy in-service course on Tuesday, and uh, that meant we had to do it on, online, and uh, we, we normally go to a, a function place, and we would have this great big time together of all the chappies, and we'd take on board all the Ed Queensland protocols, the SU protocols, the who we work for, and a whole lot of other stuff. And, and we get some really good teaching and some, some uh, stuff to impact our lives and to help us to be better chaplains. Anyway, I invited, even though Pauline is not well, I invited Pauline, because she's the chaplain at Hilliards and, and, uh, and uh, on work cover at this moment because of an, of an accident there at school, but uh, I invited her to come over to our house and we would watch the, the online course together. And uh, it was in that time that, that uh, Pauline just made a comment. We were looking at a subject called anxiety and what anxiousness can actually do to your life. It can, it can really undo you if, it, if you get anxious. And, uh, it was, and Pauline had no idea of what my message was about, that, that actually praise and thanksgiving is, is, is one of the most amazing keys to be able to, to be released from your care and your concern and your worries and your troubles. And Pauline was just lying back in one of our recliner-type stuff at, uh, downstairs, and, and, and just out of the blue, she said, you know, Terry... In this anxiety that I have, I just can wake up in the morning. I think I'm telling the right story, part of the story. She said, I wake up in the morning and it was, it's not like, oh, I'm in pain or I'm in whatever. She says, what are your words? Just tell me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. How simple is that? And yet it would take... And it comes out of a sleep. She just walks, comes out of a sleep and she walks into that presence with God by just saying, thank you. Thank you. She's in pain every day and she's in agony every day and yet automatically she takes it to that place where she just says, thank you, God. And I think your words were that when you actually say that, that anxiety that would actually want to creep in and to take over it disperses, and that's her words. It's not something I've made up or to make it sound like it's really hyper-spiritual. She just says, I then rest in God. I just relax, and I know that he's there with me. What a great testimony. I thought, well, you can come and preach on Sunday morning, you know, because there was just something that I found was really, really helpful to me. Lynn and I... um, uh, were married in the 1970s, and I was in theological college in the 1970s. From 1972 to uh, three, I was in a Bible college where I met Lynn, the best thing that ever happened to me. And then I, uh, in 1974, married, and then we uh, went into theological college. And we just happened to be in the best time because in the 1970s, the charismatic renewal came into the mainline churches, the churches that were, which I belonged to, which was the Baptist church. I was studying to be a Baptist pastor. And I, it, in, in, in that time, the, the charismatic renewal was, was extremely evident and there was so much happening in the, in the life of the church. And, and it was exciting for Lynn and I because 
I, we just thought that we would just have this mundane sort of existence as a pastors within a, in, in a mainline denomination and we would just carry out all the traditions and the rules and the regulations and, and do the best we could. And into our lives and in his most amazing mercy, God just introduced us to himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was that renewal, charismatic renewal in the 1970s that just took Lynn and I on a new adventure and also into a new place with God. It just took us into this amazing place. And um, there were two books that were very instrumental in helping us in, in our walk with God. And that was, and I don't know whether anybody remembers the Merlin Carruthers books, The Power to Praise and Prison to Praise, Power in Praise. Prison to Praise was one of them and Power in Praise. I don't even have those copies anymore because I think we gave away so many to different people. But it was such a revelation to people who were caught up in the what I would just call, without being uh, rude to the, the denomination, in the drudgery of just living in a Christian life. Just living it, just living it, just living it. But I wanted the power. And we didn't know we needed the power, but I wanted the power. Lynn and I wanted the power. And so we would take on these books. And another book that I happen to have, which I really, really love, The Holy Spirit in You by Dennis and Rita Bennett, for those of you who remember that he wrote one in the 1970s too. And this impacted our lives and put us on an incredible path to understand how the work of the Spirit and how his Holy Spirit would be in our life. And so we've been doing this in our life group. We've been actually looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means to, to us both and to the group as well. I can remember, and this is where I'm going to lead to Psalm 107. We were at Tilopia Baptist Church and that was where we came into the renewal time. That was in the 1970s. And uh, we had been asked to go on a, on a, a youth camp and uh, it was down in the uh, National Park just south of Sydney, because Tilopia is in Sydney, and we lived there for four years. And, and we went down to this park, and uh, we were to camp overnight and then just to celebrate over the weekend. So off we went, and uh, were you pregnant then? Yes, okay, we were, Lynn was pregnant. So it was really quite a journey for us. And so we, we travelled off, and we went into this... Um, um, to this campsite, overnight, while we were in our tents, it poured and poured and poured. When I woke up in the morning, both of us woke up in the morning, we were absolutely saturated because the tent had no way of being able to disperse of the water and it just came in. The only way we could actually be dry is to put an umbrella up in the middle of the tent. And so Lynn and I are sitting in there underneath this umbrella in the tent and we... Sh- and, and, two-man tent, which was really quite cosy, actually. <laughs> However, but it was... And the leader, um, Malcolm Bromhead, I remember him. He's a big, tall, red-headed fellow, and, and he was the youth leader. And he goes around playing a guitar, and he goes, it's a happy day, <laughs> and I'll praise God for the weather. It's a happy day, and I'm living it for my Lord. It's a happy day, and I'm going, happy day, like heck it is. You know, I'm saturated, I'm wet, I'm uncomfortable, I'm miserable, and I want to be miserable. And uh, so Lynn and I were not happy. 
he kept on going around singing this song, It's a Happy Day, and I'll praise God for the weather. You know what? The most amazing thing was that when he actually started singing it, it changed the whole mood of the camp. It was the praise. I'll praise you for the weather. I'll praise you for this circumstance. I'll praise you for this amazing thing that I'm going through. And you know, that whole camp changed. And you didn't know what? Then every cloud that was there dispersed. It went away. We had sun all afternoon and we arrived back at the, at the, at the church all excited about what God had done. It was an amazing story for us and an amazing experience. So today I want to just take you to Psalm 107. I, I know that it looks like as though I could be here for another two hours preaching it, but it's not that what I want to do. So thank you. The next slide. This is where it's going to change. <laughs> Who knows what God will break open for you today? What will he unlock in your life today as you begin to praise him? I know that most of us have got circumstances. We have got something that we're really, really working through. It's overwhelming. It might not be overwhelming. It might just be just the irritating, niggly little thing that has kept us bound because we can't just quite get out of it. But this morning I would hope that, that it would transform our life and that we would just begin to just see how powerful praise really is. If we have a look at Jeremiah, at, at, um, at um, Psalm 107, I just happen to have a verse here, Jeremiah 33.3, which is my first for my ministry. Uh, Call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things which you not know about, Terry. You know, that's been my testimony ever since I was a theological student. That was at my ordination thesis and, and, at my, my, uh, and a part of my, my uh, being ordained. And it was, call unto me, I'll answer you, Terry. I'll show you great and mighty things, Terry, that you yet not know about and what a deliverance that was for me. Who knows what God will break open for you today? In verses 1 to 3, we look at, at uh, the, the, the very thing that the psalmist says, I give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Give thanks. For his loving kindness is everlasting and let the redeemed of the Lord. Are we the redeemed this morning? We are, aren't we? We're the redeemed. We're the ones that have been set free, redeemed from the penalty of sin and of death and we're redeemed. So this morning, we did a pretty good job at singing those songs, hey? We really lifted up Jesus' name. We really, really enjoyed just being in his presence. And we knew we were redeemed. And we were grateful for what Jesus Christ has really done in our life. And so the key to having your problems helped and maybe even solved could be that we just take on this Attitude of praise and of worship and of thanksgiving. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands and the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Praise, thanksgiving. What does it say in Ephesians chapter, no, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, verse 6, I think it was. 
By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let all your requests be made known to God. It's that key, that thanksgiving key. Okay, so let's have a little bit look at the verses following. Sometimes we feel that we're in a desert. Anyone felt like that or I'm the only one? Okay, rightio. Some of us feel like we're in a desert. And, uh, you know, it's not a nice place. Let's have a little look because God has allowed some of these experiences that come about in Psalm 107 to actually be identified in the, the books of the, of the uh, New Testament. And as we go through this psalm, we'll see some of the things that I think are quite interesting. And, and, and so here in this psalm, back hundreds of years before Christ, and here's this little portion where it talks about the desert. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region and they did not find a way to an inhabited city. How sometimes we feel that we're just out on our own. We just don't know how to find the right place to be in the right place. And they were hungry, they were thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Desperate, terrible, desert. Feel like you're eating sand. Place where you're just out on your own. A place where you just think there was no one there to deliver you or to even help you. An awful experience. And then in verse 6 it says, and they cried. They go, no. The Bible actually explains that there is this, that when that word cried, it actually means from the very depths of their heart. It wasn't they were sort of saying, God save me, which sometimes we often say. But it was more than that. It was, a, it was a, a cry from within because they realized that there was an answer, but it was they were desperate at that time. And so they cried unto the Lord. Their heart was calling out to God. And they called out to the Lord in their trouble. I want to let you know that there are key words today, right through this psalm that I would like you to take home. There's words that are so powerful. In that cry, after that cry, it says he that he delivered them out of their distresses. He also led them by a straight way to go and into an inhabited city. And so there was the answer. God was able to direct them. He was able to take them and bring them into that place where they were now in comfort of having other people there and, as it were, Wow, it's not just a desert place after all. I'm being cared for. I'm being looked after. And then it says, and let them give thanks to the Lord. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. And so there is that rejoicing that comes about. Thank you, God. This has been extraordinary. This is wonderful. I'm taken out of that desert place. And he says, he says, even these, those, these words are right back into, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the BC, but those words are still relevant today. When in you cry out to the Lord, he will deliver you. He will lead you. These are the things that he will do. And if we start to just say, well, God, you are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We give you thanks for your loving kindness and for your wonders. And not only does he just finish it there, this is why I love this psalm, because it then says... Well, he has satisfied your thirsty soul. We were thirsty. We were parched. The desert place was terrible. And so it says he satisfies 
the thirsty soul. And the hungry soul, he fills with what is good. Do you believe God to do that today? If you're in that place, that he will satisfy you, he will deliver you, he will, he will set you free, he will fill you up. Amen to that, hey. So then we go on in the psalm, and in verse 10, it actually talks about like we're in a prison. I won't ask you to put up your hand again, but sometimes we feel that's where we are. We're in a prison. Life has been unfair to us, it appears, or that there are circumstances or there's something that has really bound us up. And we feel as though we're in a prison. It says, for those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, and sometimes it's our own fault that we're in this prison place because we spurned the word of God. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it too sometimes, you know. And, and, and it says that we're in, we're in misery and chains because we have rebelled against the words of God and we've spurned the counsel of the Most High and that means when we've gone to counsel and got someone has said, well, this is what God says and we, we, we ignore it or we just, oh, yeah, right, okay. You know, you don't know the trouble I'm in or whatever. Instead of going, well, okay, I'll take that advice. This could help me. And, and, and it then it says, he humbled their heart with labour and they stumbled and there was none to help. And that brings them to the place where they then, in verse 13, they cry out to the Lord again in their trouble. And what does he do? It tells me in the verse 14, that or the end of verse 13, he says he saved them out of their distress. What's he going to do? He's going to save you. Also, it says that he brought them out of the darkness and in the shadow of de- out of the shadow of death. What seems like as though it's black, like what seems like as though you've got no life, it's 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 harsh. I mean, a place like I feel as though I could die. But it says he brought them out of that. And the beautiful part about it is that in another word, it says, and he broke their bands apart. He can do this by the power of his might. Give him a chance. Give him the opportunity. And how can you see that happen? By blessing him, praising him. God, I don't like what I'm going through, but I'm going to praise you. Just like Pauline says when she wake up in the middle of the night with that pain, I thank you, Lord. What opportunity she could have done to change that by going blah, 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 blah to God. But she didn't. And so this morning I'm just encouraging you. Bless the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to you. For he has shattered the gates of bronze and he's cut the bars of iron asunder. He will do that to you today. He will do it. Let's go on a little bit further. Sometimes we think we're in a place of sickness and it just can't get out of that. We're just sick and we're sick and our health is not right or it's not good. And and, and we often try to understand it, why. And it says in verse 17, fools, because of our rebellious ways, and I'm not trying to put that on, on, on anybody today, but because of rebellious ways and because of our iniquities, sometimes we're afflicted. And their soul abhorred all kinds of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Sometimes when we're in that sick place, in that place when we just feel that our health is not good and our mind is, is really struggling and, and so on, I'm just encouraging you to cry out to the Lord this morning. Cry out to him. Not just, God save me, but 
God, I recognise who you are. I want to be saved from this. And the beautiful part about it in verse 20, and it says, he saved them and he sent his word. And what did it say? And he healed them. Who wants healing from this today? I do. I want healing from it. A lot of things. I want healing in my mind, healing in my body, healing in my thinking, healing in, in all that I do and say. I want healing. I want to be healed. And today he will heal you. And he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. So what do we do in return to God? Let us give thanks to him. Let us give thanks. Thank you, God. You're great. You're most amazing, God. You've been wonderful to me. And then in verse 22, it says there's an extra release that will come your way. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. Sacrifices of thanksgiving. That's why I tend to think that, not that I highlight Pauline Drummond today, but, you know, that's a sacrifice of thanksgiving when you wake up in pain and go, thank you, Lord. And then some of us go through life like as though we're in a ship. Let's have a little look about, and we're on the sea of life. Life is not very, very pleasant when we're, I don't travel well on a boat. I just think of a boat and I want to be vomiting. And, uh, you know, like my first experience, and it must have been because I was going to Tasmania, only reason why, uh, I went on, a, on, a, on, this is back in 1967, I think, some, I remember what that was, and I want, went on the Spirit of Tasmania, and we went across from uh, Melbourne to Devonport, and it was the worst storm in that particular time. The ship had to bring the stabilisers in. Instead of having them out to stabilise, they had to just pull them in. The ship was lurching, reeling, everything else. can imagine what I would have been doing. And so the only way I could feel comfortable was to open the door, of, and it shouldn't have done, and when there's waves coming up over the, over the side of the boat, etc., and I wasn't even... I was more fearful of dying from being sick than probably drowning. And uh, so, anyway, I... Um, I, I, oh, it was uncomfortable. I can still feel it. And, 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 so, and so finally we arrived at Devonport and it was such a relief. But I have to blame Tasmania. I think it was the only, only thing. <laughs> the Tasmanians try to always, you know, um, give us a good picture of that state. But no, I, lied. I, I really did like it because it was the best place I went to. <laughs> It was. I was so pleased. See, I needed to be thankful for being sick because when I went there, I enjoyed it so much and it was the best time back in 1967. You know, I still have my ticket for that seven-day trip, $167 it cost me from Brisbane to Brisbane, by train, by boat, around to motels and, and had a trip, $167. I kept it just so that I could prove a point that it, it was pretty achievable. <laughs> Can't do that now, can you? No, those Tasmanians, they think they've owned the world. So they put, they put the prices up and, and, and you go over and, and uh, yeah, they take your money as soon as you get there. <laughs> However, Lynn and I are saving and saving and saving and saving because we have a relative there and we're going to then be able to go. Hopefully it'll not be swimming or boat, it'll be by some other way. 
Okay, so let's go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, verse 23. And they have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. And he spoke and he raised up a stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea and they rose up to the heavens. (laughs) That's the bass straight. And then we're down into the depths and their soul melted away in their misery reeled and they staggered like drunken men and they were at their wit's end. Is there anybody going through life like that today? The answer is in Jesus. Praise and worship of him. Let us give thanks to him. Because God has delivered us through him for those experiences and those situations in our life. Sometimes we call out to the Lord when we're on a boat, really, literally, but when our sea, our life is like a sea, billows, tempest, storm. And again in verse 28, it tells us that we need to cry out to the Lord. Let's not get angry with him, but cry out to him. Let's have that, that, ang- that, that passion in our heart to go and, and, and cry out to him in our trouble. And you know the beautiful part about it? I just feel that when I look at these words and it says, and he brought them out of their distresses. He brought them out only by his own power and only by his own grace and his his love towards us. He brought us out and he caused the storm to be still. For some of you, it's exciting. What will God break open in your life today? What will he heal? What will he cause you to experience? He will deliver you today. He will take you out of those troubles. And And so that the waves of the sea were hushed and they were glad because they were quiet. And so he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord. Here's that time of rejoicing again. And for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them extol, another word to underline, him also in the congregation of the people and praise him at the seat of the elders. He gives you that release, takes you out of that place. So the desert, the prison, the place of sickness, and also in on the sea of life. We're closing it up now. What will God deliver you from today? In verses 33 to 38, it is an amazing few verses. Just have a look at them as we conclude. He changes rivers into a wilderness. Now, he has that power to do these things. We don't like that, but sometimes... It does happen. He allows it. And springs of water into a thirsty ground. Maybe some of us feel like that that's where we're at at the moment. Everything's like a wilderness. We're in a thirsty ground. The fruitful land is like a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. But you know, in verse 35, what a beautiful thing. It says he changes the wilderness into a pool of water for you. It tells you also that a dry land into springs of water. And there he makes the hungry to dwell and that they may establish an inhabited city. What can you do there? You can sow fields. You can plant vineyards and gather a fruitful harvest. That's what we long for. That's what we see in the blessing of God. Delivers us from where we were and places us where we are in abundance. Christ provides it through his cross and through the resurrection. And so he, he, he blesses them, multiplies them greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. And then finally, in verses 39 to 43, he will secure you 
And I'm saying this today. He will secure you, secure you in the steadfast love of him, of, of, of God. And so it says, when they are diminished and bowed down through oppression and misery and sorrow, he pours contempts upon princes and makes them wander in a pathless weight. But some of us might feel needy this morning. Some of us feel needy, and it says that he sets the needy securely on high, away from affliction, and makes his families like a flock, and the upright see it and are glad. But all the unrighteousness shuts his mouth. Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindness of the Lord. What are we to consider this morning? The loving kindness of the Lord. What are we encouraged to do? To praise him, to thank him, to worship him, just to bless his name. Thank you, God. A simple thank you, Lord. And God loves it. He just delights in it. And his purpose is to deliver you and to set you free. Who wants to be free today? And I'm just encouraging you that if there be an opportunity to come forward, if you would like prayer today, if you would like me to pray or some of our eldership to pray, uh, that we will pray for you. And I want to just say to you that we have to understand that when we have an altar call, when we bring when we bring it to here, it could be ongoing, okay? It's not as though that right at this instant God will deliver you. Am I taking back my words? No, I'm not. I'm just being realistic. I'm just saying that sometimes when we take that move and we move out to the front and we say, God, I want that help. I want that deliverance. We can pray with you then. But Pastor Sean is back tomorrow anyway, and you can all be waiting in line for him when, you, when he comes back tomorrow. I'm only joking. But um, however, what I'm trying to say is that we have a pastoral team here. So there can be work done at the altar, as it were, in this place at this time. And then we will commit ourselves to you as the time goes on. That's what our role is in the church. It's our family. It's our love for you and that we can help you. And uh, we have a pastoral team. Liz is in charge of that. So I want you to be alert to the fact that if you're here for the first time today, that you're not bereft in any way, that there is an opportunity for you to just be released into a new life with Christ and into the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I won't have an altar call, uh, as in song, uh, but there will be a a time when we just, after the prayer, you can come forward. There will be music on pray, I'm sure. Will there be some music played at the end? Okay. Um, So I just pray for you this morning. In Jesus' name, I just pray for the ministry of your Holy Spirit to be amazingly active within the lives of all these people here today. And I thank you, Father, that you have embraced them and you have loved them and you've cared for them in the past and you have done extraordinary things in their lives. But today, some of them just feel that they're in a place that it's not comfortable. There's something happening and we're just really tired of it. We're just really feeling miserable or anguished. But Father, today I pray that there will be a ministry of your Holy Spirit in healing of love and of deliverance. You will set them free and that you will bring them into a new path, into a new place. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.